The EC Podcast exists to equip believers to make disciples and love others for the glory of Jesus Christ. My name is Bobby Payne, and welcome to episode number 28, where we are talking about what we do when our children seem to walk away from the faith. With me today is Pastor Aaron Case, Pastor Jonathan Mitchell, and Pastor Gary Singleton. Gentlemen, welcome back. Thanks for having us, Glad to have you here. I'm glad to see uh, your faces and hear your voices. Um, uh, For the listeners who loved the description of where we were and what we were doing on our last episodes, we are back to normal, so there's no peeping over computer screens by Johnny. (laughs) That seemed to be a big hit. I'm just going to build a fence in here so it feels the same. It feels the same. I don't know. It worked. The people at home loved it. We got to give the fans what they like. Exactly. All three of them. Yeah, exactly. Um, we did find think, out though. I think we, it grew a little bit. It did. Yeah. We have some. Right. We have people who are actually fighting over who the three were, though. Yeah. I had two texts from people that said, "I'm one of the three. Yeah, like yeah. they were. There's actually a tweet. There was interaction with that. Yeah, they they proud. needed to know that they were in the, um, the chosen. No. Three. Yes. Oh. Okay. Don't go there. Though. Okay, sorry. Well, no, that's not this episode. <laughs> no, that's another time. That's another time. That's another time. All right, so let's talk about this. So when uh, our children seem to walk away from the faith. Now, um, we're going to kind of, I'll give you kind of an outline of what we're what we're doing. That way there you kind of can see where we're going. But this is a real problem. Hmm. And we talked about this in our prep. Um, this is something that our pastors are having to discuss with, uh, with people regularly and and so we, we want to talk about this being as a real experience and then we're going to kind of look at the biblical view of uh, raising children and then follow that up with any um, exhortations and warnings and practical applications so you as the listener if this is something that you deal with um, or if this is something that you know someone that uh, they are dealing with this um, tune them on to this particular podcast and, and hopefully we can um, encourage them and give them some some practical things they can do uh, as they walk through this trial with their family. So, Pastor Aaron, will you just start us out here just talking about um, how this is a real experience that people are dealing with day in and day out? Sure. It's it's super sad and heartbreaking because I think this may be one of the more common issues that we deal with, um, not just at Eden Chapel, but just even counseling folks from other churches, friends, you know, and in relationships. Um, it's heartbreaking because, you know, you have a, a family a lot of times, a mom and a dad who, who love Christ, you know, and, you know, maybe they weren't perfect, but they're absolutely broken because their child wants nothing to do with the Lord. You know, they've, they'd been raised up in church. They, you know, pretty faithful to, to the things of God, but it just seems like they've fallen away. There's no interest in the Lord. And it's, you know, you, you see these parents who are, who are just broken. And I know, you know, all of us, you know, being parents, um, just thinking about that, you know, and, and how much that hurts. I mean, even just now, um, man, that, that's heartbreaking to me to think about that happening in my own family. So, 
So I think the reason why this matters is because we, we want to keep our kids and we want our kids to grow up as arrows, to go out and, you know, and, and to honor Christ and all they do and to be able to stand against not only the wiles of the devil, but also, um, just the spirit of the age and how they will be attacked and how their rationale and their faith will be attacked. We want them to be able to stand. And so the reason why this is so important is because we love our kids. We, we see them as a heritage from the Lord and we see them to have dig, dignity, value, and worth just like all other human beings. But, um, yeah, so, so we've seen enough heartbreak and what our hope is to equip families, um, to keep our kids, especially after, you know, after they leave the home. Thank you for that. So let's, let's jump in and Gary, you're going to kind of start us out here on some, um, biblical views and scriptures, but gentlemen, feel free to jump in at any time, uh, as we talk about what the Bible says about raising children. Well, I just picked out a couple of different, uh, verses. The first verse really speaks of the heart, you know, the person's heart condition. Um, you know, to me, um, someone's saved when they're born again, um, born again of God, God convicts that person, calls that person to himself. <clears throat> God calls that person to himself um, and um, uh, restores that person to life, uh, brings that person to life. The person repents of their sin, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, um, uh, the death, burial, and the resurrection of their, their Lord um, uh, with all of their heart. Uh, so that, so someone who's truly, truly saved, uh, their heart uh, condition. Uh, the Bible says that um, God takes a heart of stone and, get, and places it with a heart of flesh. Um, this verse, uh, several verses talk about apostasy, however. Uh, this, this one in particular talks about the heart condition of a person. It's in Hebrews 3, uh, verse 12. Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God <clears throat> to me the only way a person can fall away from the living God is if they never belonged to God in the first place their heart condition uh, is was such that I think my brother Johnny's going to speak on it but um, you know just because someone was born into a family of Christians doesn't make that person a Christian hmm. um, just because uh, that person uh, walked an aisle doesn't make that person a Christian. What makes that person a Christian is Jesus Christ yeah. and him alone. Yeah. Right. And so uh, that's the first verse I'd like to talk about. Uh, the second verse kind of talks about what happens to a person in the world. Um, it's in First Timothy uh, verse four or chapter four, sorry, verse one. It just speaks about what happens to what could possibly happen to a person. Uh, I, what I think happens to children, specifically with public schools, uh, public universities, uh, television, you know, all the and all the different social media platforms that are out there. Um, the, uh, again, First Timothy chapter four, verse one says, "Now the Spirit expressly says that in later times some will depart from the faith." by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons. Uh, here in the church, we learn that uh, God is our creator. He created all things. He created things in seven days. He, he in six days, sorry. And on the seventh day rested, we believe he created all things. 
in the schools they teach you that you are from a line of uh, uh, apes, monkeys, that you uh, you came from uh, evolution. They teach evolution. Here in, here in the church, we teach that homosexuality is a sin. It's sexual immorality. In, in the schools, you're going to, in the public schools, you're going to learn that homosexuality is um, a lifestyle. <clears throat> those, are, those are teachings of demons to me. And then you learn that as well, watching television, uh, learning on social media. I'm just giving a couple examples. I mean, you men can fill in the gaps, but uh, just a couple different uh, uh, scripture that points towards apostasy and what happens. Yeah, I'm I'm really uh, not thankful that apostasy happens, obviously, but thankful that in scripture there's um, there's no there's not a hiding to the messiness. I mean, even what we just covered this past week on Wednesday nights in First Samuel three. Uh, you have the contrast of Eli's sons. You have this high priest who uh, you see is pretty faithful to the Lord and ministering to the Lord, and his sons are absolute wrecks and have no fear of God in their hearts. They do whatever they please. They do wicked and awful things, uh, ministering as priests in, in the tabernacle. <clears throat> and and that quote that, that I used from Spurgeon was so uh, just... Oh man, powerful as I, I read it. I remember having to stop and pray just in my preparation that, um, you know, for if we're not careful uh, with with our children, and and it's not still no guarantee, but even in the best of men, uh, even in the best of husbands and wives and and families, you can have Hoffnies and Phineases that uh, walk away from the the faith who reject God or even make a mockery of God, uh, and. The, at the very root of it, the the main thing is everyone is personally responsible before the, uh, the Creator God. Everyone is personally responsible for their own sin, um, and everyone is personally responsible to respond to the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And because that is the truth, this is why this is such an issue. And as Gary said, we live in a world who does not apologize for the amount of information that it puts the the indoctrination that it hopes to make on our children, uh, who has no problem proselytizing our children for the sake of whatever cause it might be. Um, and, and there's certainly things that we need to do to be faithful to, to make sure we're pouring into our children. Uh, but then to, to know the truth that, um, there are examples of just because a husband and wife are faithful to the Lord, it doesn't guarantee that a, a child will be, mm-hmm. um, but, but we want to obviously lead to this place of, okay, how, how can we prevent that the best we can? But so what do we do when it happens? I mean, that's kind of the, the big thing because it, it does happen. We were talking a little bit about the statistics. Um, it, you know, it's pretty staggering. 2019, 59 to 64% of 18 to 29 year olds leave the church most never to return. And I mean, that's staggering. I think about in our own church, I, I'm, I'm heartbroken pretty much weekly when, you know, I'll get on Instagram and I'll see, you know, a, a, a girl that was in our youth group that was an incredible leader and has walked away. Um, you know, uh, a, a, a guy that was leading, um, and doing such a good job leading and met with me one random day and just said, Hey, I, I 
I can't do this anymore. And that was his words to me. And, um, and to know the heartbreak of their parents and and sometimes also their parents are involved, but, um, there's heartbreak on our end, (laughs) but you know, it, it is a real issue and we want to understand scripturally. Okay. So how, how do we respond? And, and I think hopefully we can give some, some good advice on that today. Yeah. I mean, we, we see in Hebrews six and a lot of different difficult passages where, where those who had been among us, right. Yeah. Are no longer, you know, they went out from us to prove that they weren't of us. And, um, we're not saying that to diminish hope. Um, because as long as someone breathes, we, we trust that Christ is strong enough to save. Yeah, that's right. Um, but we do know, and we do understand as Johnny just said that, um, Someone can be under your roof and you can be as faithful as you can be, but you cannot guarantee their election or their salvation. You know, it's, and that's a, that's a sobering thought, not only for ourselves, but also for those we love. Um, but as in Family Driven Faith, which is a good book that I would recommend people, people check out. I think it's on Audible. Um, I think it's in our church library if, you, if you're near here. But Vody um, Balcom, obviously one of my favorite pastors, um, he speaks about, again, we cannot guarantee anything with our kids, but what we should do is all that we can do on our end. Um, and I think that's what we'll get to here as we move into the application. But just understanding that, you know, we are trusting unto the Lord and all we can do is be as faithful as we can be. Um, we can we can surround them in the right areas and do all the right things, but we are, as in all things, dependent fully upon grace. Yeah, and I think... This is kind of a sobering thought that kind of popped in my head when you were saying that, <clears throat> is that we would do all things um, for our children, for them to be successful, or set them up in a way to be successful. Like I, you know, I my daughter dances, and I would, I do literally everything right that we can for that to if that's what she wants to do, mm-hmm. um, then we do all we can to set her up to be successful in that one day if that's what she chooses to do, and it's really easy for parents to, uh, to do that on the things of the world. Um, and oftentimes, uh, we don't as parents set themselves, set our children up to be successful or in the right place to help maybe prevent that. Now I'm not saying that you, I'm saying you could literally do everything correct and this still happen. Yeah. Right. Are we agreeing with that? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not pointing blame per se anywhere. Um, but what I am saying is, are we doing, uh, the best we can do, are we putting the amount of effort and and energy into making sure the situation for our children's faith is in the best place that it can be um, as we are if it were basketball or football or dance or whatever it may be. And so that, and, and this may be an episode for another time, but that, you know, there, there's a, there's a why factor there, um, that we could cover and spend a whole lot of time on. But that's kind of my point is, is let's, let's make sure that we're doing everything that we can on our end uh, as parents um, to make sure that this doesn't happen. And, you know, that that's a sobering thought. Yeah. Yeah. As we've said about children uh, to, to quote the Psalmist, I think Aaron's already mentioned it today is um, the Psalmist says that children are a heritage of the Lord. Uh, the fruit of a warm, the, the fruit of the womb, a great reward, like arrows in the hands of a warrior, are um, are, are children for their uh, father and mother, and so they're your arrows, you know. And so, 
what what you do with your child does matter and and that that is certainly part of this whole thing but uh you know so how how do we respond i think when you know god forbid this does happen in our families and maybe some people are experiencing that right now i know there's certainly people in this church that that have that that have children that i mean i know there's people in our midst that love jesus and are faithful here and serve here and their children have grown adult uh, have grown to adulthood and have walked away so how do we how do we go about this and i would, my first application maybe we can talk a little about it is uh well don't don't give up i mean i know it's i know it's kind of obvious and no parent would ever just give up but you know i, I think of first corinthians 13 which is uh, the chapter you know that's quoted at, at weddings often but that is biblical gospel centered christ-like love love that doesn't give up that never ends that uh, doesn't um, keep count of wrongs and uh, it bears all things believes all things and hopes all things it endures all things love never fails and so don't don't give up on your child um, I think you know we talked a little about it a couple weeks ago but the illustration of the the father who is God and the prodigal son and then the prodigal son and you know let's be imitators of God in that parable who we are always ready and always ready to run um yeah. you know so don't give up would be my first exhortation for parents that are walking through this yeah no i it makes me think of what you said in regards to you know, to be to be a pastor, to be a parent, um, is to be perpetually heartbroken in certain ways. You know, it's it's the lot, maybe maybe more so um, for pastors because we have kids everywhere <laughs> and people everywhere. Um, but the same kids, I know, I know these brothers would echo the same thing. But these same kids who come to our minds and flash through my memory right now. The second they walked through the door, we we would be on their necks, loving on them, yeah. thanking God that we get to see them like they never left. You know, um, I have no doubt in that, and I know others would as well. And and it it's it's heartbreaking when you reach out and then the answers start to get shorter, and then maybe not at all. You know, and you, and you start to give up hope. But again, man, you think about. The prodigal son, and I guess maybe it'll come up a few times today, but, you know, that son going and living in a pigsty, eating the pig's food, you know, like going off in the world, spending his money on whoredom, right? Like it doesn't get a whole ton worse than that. But yet what happened? You know, when he remembered, when God opened up his eyes, he knew exactly what his father was like because there had been a precedent sent there. And, and so this is the type of precedent we want to set at the home, um, but also to let them understand, obviously, the holiness of God. But beyond that, um, when you come home, you're welcome. Yeah. You know, when you turn from your sin, I'll be here. Yeah, that's good. Amen. And I would just say pray. Um, it, it, Christy and I, we find comfort in our prayers. And we pray whenever um, we get a we get an opportunity to pray together that's that's we pray and um we hope we never lose hope and we answer uh, questions uh, to the best of our ability and we continue to share the gospel 
um, the, the gospel is never going to uh, run dry, so to speak. Like it's going like every time <clears throat> we get the opportunity, we share the gospel. And so that's that's the advice I would give someone. Like Johnny said, don't ever give up. First of all, um, pray and uh, share the gospel. And if you don't know the answer to a question, it's okay. Um, but the main thing is to share the gospel. Yeah, well, on the on the thought of prayer, I think of um, Luke eighteen, the the widow and the unjust judge, right? Who's per, she's just persistent. She's coming to him every day. <clears throat> when will you give me justice? When you when will you do right? And the judge gets so annoyed with her that he's like, "All right, I'm going to do it." And the the thing the the parable is not so that we would see that God is an unjust judge that gets annoyed by us, but if the unjust judge would do that, imagine what the just God of the universe, who is also our Father, will do. Yeah. And so pray, pray consistently, um, pray in all things, and hope and trust that just as we were in John fifteen today, that if we ask whatever we wish according to the will of God, it will be granted to us. And so pray fervently and earnestly never giving up. I have a friend of mine whose mom prayed for her brother for 32 years, 32 years. And he came to faith in Christ. Amen. Like, yeah. wow. Uh, may that be said of us is that we are people who pray, um, not just, not just hope that our children would come back to Christ or that our you know, family members and friends would, would come to Jesus, but people who actually pray and truly believe that God is the one who can. And, and when he does, we give him all the glory for it. Amen. Scriptures in our lives are just littered with redemption stories, right? If there's no redemption, there's no hope. Like we, we just went over uh, Hannah's prayer just a few weeks ago, you know, yeah. asking God for a child, you know, absolutely pouring her heart out, you know, and God answered that prayer. We think of Oh, Augustine, one of the great fathers of the church, um, absolutely a trash human being. And his mom <laughs> kept praying for him and going to the going to the priest and praying, you know. And um, I remember the priest saying something to the effect of, a child of this many tears cannot be one who will be lost, mm. which absolutely could have been the truth. But um, there was just a miraculous event where the scriptures were turned o- open on a bench where he went and he was translated just like that. He was converted like that. So, um, yes, our prayers matter and, um, they will help us cope and deal as we, as we move along too, with not only the reactions of our children, but, um, just the goodness of God, help us, helping us be in tune and in touch with what he's actually up to. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I- the the other thing that I would say uh, for me, which would be maybe the last thing, is is call our children to Christ. Uh, it goes with what uh, Pastor said. Is is there's a when we think about loving our children, especially in today's climate and age, there can be a, a leaning towards a tolerance, and um, because of what they might be dealing with, whether it might be sexual identity or um, worldly pleasure or I mean, it can be as simple as they care more about making money than they would ever care about glorifying Christ. And so they go away. Well, there's a leaning towards love for the sake of, or tolerating for the sake of love. And what we would say is, well, no, 
biblical love is is a love that points people to Christ. And so we want to point them to Christ. I think about, um, is it Second Peter 1 that's, that talks about making your uh, election sure? And, and so we want, we want our children to be pointed to that. Make your election sure. Make, make God's calling in your life a thing that is noticeable, a, a thing that bears fruit with, uh, in regard to, to following Jesus. Call them to Christ, and this is what walking in holiness is. Um, honestly, what good will it do if um, our child has us in our life because we tolerate them in their sin? that that is not of their benefit at all and so when you're when you're walking in this do it in a loving patient kind manner that's always 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 pointing them to Jesus so they that they truly know that holiness is the most important thing and we we've said it here before happiness apart from holiness is not the goal uh, a lot of people want to be happy we want you to be happy but we we truly believe that being being happy is coinciding with being holy, and that's where true joy and true happiness is truly found. Uh, when when our when our kids when we ourselves walk in a manner worthy of the gospel, so call them to Christ. And and that that might be a difficult conversation mm-hmm. um, because when you know it's no different than than you and I when uh, when our sins are brought forth to our our lives and uh, brought forth in our lives and we realize what we've done and sometimes that's uncomfortable because uh, the worldly pleasures and lust of the flesh just overtake us and uh, so there's some refining that has to take place as we repent and so you can guarantee almost that someone who's walked away from the faith and no matter how sweet and soft and encouraging um, that you are to them when you are are uh praying for them and, and, and calling them back to Christ and, and letting them know that there, there may be some friction yeah. that, that takes place there. Um, but I, I think it's important to know that, uh, that you're doing the right thing. Like that is what you're called to do as, as, a, uh, someone who is Christ-like and who is wanting their children, uh, wanting the same for their children. Um, and that's okay. Uh, if you make them mad yeah. for the, for the cause of Christ. Amen. Well, I, you know, just personally, I've had a few meetings recently that, that I think may lead us into the next issue that could be helpful for parents. Um, but I had a few meetings with folks and were able to discuss, you know, what was going on in their life. And honestly, in areas where I thought that, you know, I was being pretty faithful and solid, I, I was failing and I had to repent. I had to ask for forgiveness um, because I legitimately thought I was doing all right. And I was I, in certain ways I was failing them um, as not being an example, not, not doing what I should at certain times. And, and I think that's what gets mixed or, or missed a lot of times in church. Um, too many parents have a God complex and they feel as if to admit failure or wrong is to, Put themselves on a lower level, and I think that's why. No offense, but the generally speaking Baptist model for a church has kind of set up those homes to be that way. There's a CEO pastor who what he says goes. There's be- below him as yes men deacons, and we've kind of set up our families that way. 
you know, there's someone who is the leader of the home and to question them is to question God basically. Right. And if you failed, then you've messed up. And, and that's not the picture at all that we're to give. Um, there are moments and times when I've got to go to my, not, not just my wife, but, and it matters that I do go to her, but my wife and my kids, and I need to ask for forgiveness. And that is not weakness. That is actually strength. Unless you've tried to do it, don't tell me it's weakness, right? You're a coward if you don't do it. It's not the other way. Many of us can bully our ways through kids. That doesn't make you a man, right? But when we go to them and we say, listen, dad was a complete jerk. You know, I had no patience with you. Or you know what? My advice was poor. Or my example of the way I treated that person who mistreated me was not like Christ. And I'm asking you to forgive me. Because I want to point you, we're always pointing, right? Not just in not giving up, not just in our prayer, but in our repentance. We're pointing beyond ourselves for the need. And so those seeds are being sowed the entire time that you aren't looking to daddy as as the ultimate standard. Daddy's pointing you to the ultimate standard and, and always putting forth the good qualities of God and who he is. So there is those memories and those remembrances of the gospel always waiting to spring up for the moment when they turn back looking for hope. We should always be upfront and honest about us not being the source of hope and joy, uh, safety and security. May we be mirrors of that, but may we always be honest about this. This is the only reason you feel safe with me. You feel loved by me. You feel joy when you're with me. The only reason that's... Possible is because of Christ, and you know anything good in me is because of Christ. And so, when we fail, we need to be honest. And I think that's why it's so hard. We we struggle with tough conversations, like Bobby said, not just with sin that's outside of us that might be in our children, but we struggle with our own sin, and we 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 cower from those conversations because of what it might mean we have to relinquish. Uh, be upfront and honest with your kids from the get-go about how much we need Christ. So we're kind of running up on time here, gentlemen. So let's let's go ahead and start um, pulling some last pieces, application things, scripture, whatever you're thinking. I know there's a few more things that are that you guys want to, uh, want to throw in here, so I'll just let you guys jump in. Well, I'd, I would say that another big part that maybe we've not touched much on is Christianity does have a legit apologetic. Um, meaning that it's not a book for uh, fairy st- uh, fairy tales and all that the professors in college will try to <laughs> deconstruct our kids with. Um, we need to be preparing our kids to have an answer for the hope that lies within them and to understand that, I, I mean, we, I know I get that's a broken record on this podcast, so all four of you will get tired of it, but seriously... Um, At least we grown. gained one more. Yeah, that's right. I went to four. <laughs> you went to four. It's Moms three. and one. 33%. Increase. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> We're looking at the bright spot. But, uh, you know, in reality, there is an answer. There, There is a solid rock to stand upon. And not just fundamentally, but in reality, um, we can stand in any sort of place where we find ourselves with confidence, understanding that we have the only worldview that makes sense of the world that's around us. So regardless of the cockiness or staunchness of those who would be our opponents who want to deconstruct our faith or cast doubt, 
uh, we actually have the strong ground. Um, so you don't have to be in any place and be ashamed. And so we need to teach our kids, not simply we believe that, always have. That's empty, and they will be destroyed the, heart, the very second they walk out your door. But if you apply to each and every part of life, when you go by and you see that difficult story on the news, you'd rather your kids not even see, or, or the kid that they run against who is identifying in a different way, you don't simply just say, okay, that's sick, or you, know, you, you don't just simply throw it out as that's the sin that you just can't stand, and it's, it's just you know, gross to you. What you do is you take the scriptures and you apply, what is the reason why they're doing this? Where's this coming from in their heart? Well, how do we respond to this and walk through it? What does that do? That takes work. It takes not just sitting on the couch and watching their day go by. It takes not just giving them an iPad and just hoping they'll be quiet until you go to bedtime, right? This is leaning in and taking, even when you don't feel like it, even when you've had a trash day, and saying, I'm going to pour into my child and to get them to be prepared to not only be able to think through what's going on in these other people's lives, but also know why we believe what we believe. It's not just because we believe it or granddaddy taught it, right? It's because it's in the Word of God, and this is how we live and how, again, we make sense of the world around us. Amen. And I would say, um, uh, as, as far as final thoughts, um, be aware of who's discipling your children. Is it the world? Is it um, social media? Uh, is it the schools or is it you uh, using the scriptures as Aaron just pointed out um, is it your your church uh, your church pouring into your kids as well uh, the pastor the youth pastor the uh, whoever it is like you know are you who's it who's discipling your children um, not the world um, bottom line and um uh, I just want to read this passage real quick. Uh, it's build your, it's, it's Jesus uh, saying um, in Matthew 7, starting in verse 24, Everyone who, who then hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And, then, and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. The, the, the rain, the winds um, that are falling, that is this world. That is the world falling against your family, your children, your church. Like we have got to be grounded in the word of God. We got to stand on the rock, the, the foundation that, that for life um, we've got to stand on. And if we don't, and if we do, uh, the rain will fall, the winds will blow, and God promises uh, your, your house will stand. Um, but if you don't, your house will fall. Know, who, know, who you're, know who's discipling your children. Be aware of that. I used to not be a proponent of like... Uh, uh, going to, um, uh, I didn't think it mattered whether you went to public school or private school, but I absolutely believe a child should be in private school today. Otherwise, your children are getting poisoned by this world, by especially uh, in today's world where there are an infinite amount of 
identification, sexual identifications. Well, I, I think honestly, one of the ways that we are that we've seen God move in us is um, just in our little church is how we've set up Wednesday nights and how God has led us. Um, you know, the youth group model was definitely, you know, the way it, the way it's been, there are still folks having success with that. Um, but what our heart as elders at, at Eden Chapel has been where God has moved us is to just continually facilitate, um, a family faith, a family driven faith where, where families meet together and yes, the kids have, have their space, you know, to talk in small group and talk through it, but everyone's getting the same message. And so they, you know, already there's questions, there's thoughts, you know, there's concerns, maybe there's ideas and, and the whole family is there going through this together and they're able to discuss it. And so what is this doing? This is cultivating and facilitating those conversations to move past, not just what did you get? What did you hear? Even if that even happens, right? But we're all in the same room, like learning the same things. And it's, that's what's beautiful. And I think that's what needs to happen more. And it, honestly, in regards to what you say, G, yes, I, I do believe there, there, is a, there is better options as far as um, you know, education of our children goes. But I do think at the same time, you know, no matter what, wherever our kids are, public school, homeschool, whatever, that we need to be sure that we are discipling them more than, you know, we're meeting what they're getting because kids could be at home all day and still through social media, through all these other platforms, getting into more than, than anybody else, right? And so what we need to be sure is that we are engaged as fathers and mothers um, and family members pointing our children back to Christ and, again, what it means to follow Him. Yeah, I, I would uh, just kind of wrap everything up by giving a warning both to, to children, to parents, to all of us alike. Um, in 1 Corinthians 15, Paul is encouraging uh, the, the Corinthian church with the gospel that he preached to them. And he says, in, uh, it's the gospel that I preach to you in which you stand. Um, and by which you will be saved. And then he adds that little thing at the end, unless you believed in vain. And it's, it's crushing to think that it is possible to believe in vain, to believe, uh, seemingly you look, you look like you are a follower of Jesus. You act like you're a follower of Jesus. You wear the t-shirts, you go to the summer camps, you show up to church, you're on time, you're smiling, uh, you, you pray with people, whatever it might be, but it's possible to believe in vain. And I would just encourage us is what are we, where do we find our assurance? Where do we find our rest? Where do we find our hope? What are, what are we hoping for our children? A lot, a lot of parents um, want this moment for their child, right? Like, Oh, if they can just, you know, if I can get them to pray uh, to receive Christ. And then it's kind of like, once that happens, now we can focus on, <laughs> whatever it might be, um, whether it's ball or, um, dance or whether it's, uh, academics, whether it's finding the right person, uh, to marry and to, to spend the rest of our life with. No, we're always pointing each other, our children, uh, our, our spouse, whatever it might be to understand that it's possible to believe the gospel in vain. So do you believe the gospel? Do you have a saving faith that 
will keep you until the end. And I think this is why it's so important to not rest upon filling out a card, praying a prayer, whatever it might be, but to rest on the person and finished work of Christ. And, mm-hmm. and we're always same thing when, when our children, God forbid, walk away, we don't want them to have a, an experience and that be, Oh, that's the end of it. We all, we are constantly, are, are you in Christ? Are you not? Did you at one time, are you in Christ? And that's my biggest concern for you. Uh, the way that I explained it to someone, um, is a lot of us, you know, I, I truly believe you're eternally secure once, you, once you are saved. I truly believe that with all my being, but my question to someone is not, um, it's kind of like if salvation were sitting in a chair, it's not, have you ever sat in a chair? That's not what I'm like. Cause a lot of people will say, well, yeah, I've been baptized or I prayed or I did this, fill out the card, whatever it might be. It's, are you sitting in the chair? Are you in Christ right now? Is there fruit in your life that would bear witness to that reality? Um, and, and just to know we are in a war for that. You, we are, there is a spiritual battle that's as real as any earthly battle has ever been. And, and parents, if we don't take on the whole armor of Christ, um, understand the enemy is very powerful and very dangerous. And he is, he's a lion looking to devour. And, uh, the family is, we can all agree where he starts and where he makes a big impact. And so, um, dress, dress for action, be ready, uh, gird up the loins of your minds as first Peter would say. And uh, be holy and blameless and uh, walk as sober-minded and imitate God because I trust that um, he'll be faithful to do what is right and good um, in our lives and in our children's lives. And so um, believe in the gospel today, tomorrow, um, always uh, believe in the gospel, rest in it. Thank you for that. Moms, dads, grandma, grandpa, uh, don't give up. Don't yeah. lose hope. Amen. Um, stay on your knees. Um, in the Lord, and and we hope that our our show today gives you some sort of encouragement. Uh, if, if you would like to talk, and we probably don't say this enough, but if you'd like extra resources or to talk, we're available. Um, you know where we're at, how to find us, um, and so you know we would encourage you to reach out if if you're struggling with one of these topics that we've discussed. Um, if you're struggling, especially you know particularly talking about today. Uh, but we just want to encourage you, uh, just keep on keeping on, uh, fight the good fight. It, it is worth it, yeah. and and be faithful uh, to the Lord and, and to your kids to do your part, to encourage them and as they struggle with whatever it is they're dealing with. Um, gentlemen, again, thank you for today. I appreciate you guys so very much uh, for always pointing us to Christ and, and, and doing it in a really great way. Uh, and we'll close in prayer, Pastor Aaron. Yeah. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you thanking you that there's not one of us who hasn't been running from you, Lord, who wasn't unworthy, who was not a wretched sinner, as as my brother loves to say, but, but God, but you, being rich in mercy, Lord, while we, while we were the worst, you gave your best for us, Lord. And I, I just pray for those out there who are watching their children, who they love with all they have. Uh, falling into just uh, difficult times and and horrible sins, Lord, that that we can see will cost them their soul if they don't repent. Lord, I pray that we would all find hope, Father, 
in, in just the grace that you give. Not only to live another day, and may we find hope in that. The fact that you give us breath again is another day to hope, Lord, that you will grab those, ch- those children back and bring them to you. Lord, and I just pray, I pray out there for those who are hurting, those who have lost loved ones, Lord, I pray that they would find their hope in you. They would find their peace in you. And I just thank you for being so good to us. In Jesus' name we praise you. Amen. Thank you for joining us today on the EC Podcast. If you do not have a church family, you can join us on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. If you are outside the area, we encourage you to find a Bible-believing church for fellowship and worship. Until next time, God bless.